0: Hi, everyone. This is Brian Pinter from Christchurch. Welcome to the second installment of our Lenten podcast, Sitting in the Ashes with Cinderella. This week, I'd like to talk about the ways that we can do our grief work. I'd like to start by sharing a practice that I'm going to do this Lent. I learned this from the Cree Indians. They had a ritual they would do when they felt they needed to grieve over something they would go out to the woods and they would find a tree and they would peel off some of the bark on the tree trunk they would they would create a little wound in the tree of course they would ask the trees permission first before they would do this and then as they continued with their process of grieving doing their grief work they would periodically go out and visit the tree and they would see that as the tree was healing that symbolized how they were healing how as they went through their journey of grief that something inside them was healing but it 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 had an outward sign that they could that they could touch they could see they could experience in that tree and that's what i want to talk about this week what are those rituals that that we we can create to help us with our our grief work You see, I think that talking is helpful. And as I said last week, naming those things that we need to grieve about, that's important. That's the first step. But talking about it only gets us so far. They say talk therapy will get us so far. But I think when it comes to this kind of work, the spiritual work of grieving, it needs to be embodied. We need to experience this in our flesh. We, we need to somehow have, have outward signs of this. We need to ritualize it. In our selection from the Cinderella fairy tale this week, uh, I, the, the text touches on this, and I, I'd like to begin by, by sharing that. When winter came, the snow spread a white cloth over the grave, and when the spring sun had removed it again, the man took himself another wife. The wife brought two daughters into the house with her. They were beautiful, with fair faces, but evil and dark hearts. Time soon grew very bad for the poor stepchild. Why should that stupid goose sit in the parlor with us, they said. If she wants to eat bread, then she will have to earn it. Out with this kitchen maid. They took her beautiful clothes away from her, "'dressed her in an old gray smock "'and gave her wooden shoes. "'Just look at the proud princess, "'how decked out she is,' "'they shouted and laughed "'as they led her into the kitchen. "'There, she had to do the hard work "'from morning till evening, "'get up before daybreak, "'carry water, make fires, cook, and wash. "'Besides this,' The sisters did everything imaginable to hurt her. They made fun of her, scattered peas and lentils into the ashes for her, so that she had to sit and pick them out again. In the evening, when she had worked herself weary, there was no bed for her. Instead, she had to sleep by the hearth in the ashes. And because she always looked dusty and dirty, they called her Cinderella. I think the wisdom in our text for this week is that Cinderella has to go through this, this outward process. It's almost like this, uh, it, it's a ritual. That's what her sitting in the ashes symbolizes. There's, uh, she's really feeling this in her body. She, she gets dirty. She has to do this humiliating work. It's, uh, it's a total departure from the normal routine. Now, the great uh, Swiss neo-Freudian psychologist Alice Miller, she talked about grieving and the importance of, of devising rituals for grief. She said we need to grieve until the foundations of our life shake. And our ancestors in faith, they understood this well. I think, for example, of the story of Job Job loses his, his family and his property, and he loses his health. And here's what the book says about that. He says, Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell on the ground in worship. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. And then Job's three friends come. And it says of them, When Job's three friends heard of all these things, all these troubles that had come upon him, each of them set out from his home. They met together to go and console and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and wept aloud. They tore their robes and threw dust in the air upon their heads. They sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was great. Now what this has to teach us is how to grieve. These people knew how to grieve. And you see that Job tears his clothes, he shaves his head, he falls on the ground, he covers himself with ashes, and he and his friends just sit there. There's no words, no words are required right now. In fact, when Job's three friends start to talk, that's when they actually make things worse. Job just needs to grieve. We see Cinderella adopt a similar posture. She puts on the clothes of grief. She wears the gray smock. She lays down in the ashes. And during the day, it says that she carries heavy pails of water. These are all the outward symbols of grieving. I think that these rituals, uh, rituals touch something in the human soul that, that, that's that's beyond words. They speak to us in a, in a deep and profound way. I think when it comes to doing our grief work, to access the, the deepest levels of our grief, we do need to come up with, with rituals, some way uh, of... of doing this work so that we get it in our flesh we need to feel this we, we, we get it through our biology the Native Americans had some other rituals for grieving there were some tribes that lived in what they called a longhouse, and the, the long house had a, had a pitched roof and in the, the center of the house was an, an opening because there would be a fire in the center of the room and the, the opening would let the, the smoke out and people would gather around the fire to eat and cook, socialize. And in the, in the nighttime, they would go back to the perimeter of the, of the longhouse and they would sleep under the, the pitched part of the roof. Every once in a while, though, there would be somebody who would just stay and sit in the, in the cinders around the edge of the fire. They wouldn't eat much. They would stop talking to everybody. They would stop doing their normal routine. They would just sit there in the ashes. Everybody knew what was going on. They knew that that person was grieving about something. And they would just let them be. And after a period of time, that one would get up, wash, put on clean clothes and rejoin the community. But once again, everybody understood when he or she, when that that one in the ashes was, was going through that ritual, that that means that they're doing some kind of inner spiritual work, but they're expressing it through sitting in the ashes. Today, I think that if we saw someone doing something like that, we would probably think that they were clinically depressed and we would want to get them to a psychiatrist. But these people, the Native Americans, they did not panic over that because they knew that something important was happening there. And they also saw that that process as perfectly normal. That's a part of the human experience, that we need to take time apart sometimes to do our grief work and to ritualize that. That's one of our tasks for Lent finding the way that we can embody our grieving how are we going to ritualize our grief work what are we going to do how are we going to go about doing that work you see i think if we don't if we don't find a way to do that that pain that we're carrying inside from our our woundedness or whatever it is if we're not able to do the work to see that transmitted to see that transformed rather, we will transmit it to other people. Pain and woundedness that is not transformed will be transmitted. So that's our question this week. How do we do that work so that we don't transmit our unresolved stuff to other people? And that's what I'd like to leave you with as we, as we head into meditation. How will you do your grief work this Lent.